All right, class, if you would please open your player's handbooks and turn to... Matt Keel, are you listening to music in class? No, Josh Reistead. I'm listening to our podcast, Detention the Dragons, a show about running Dungeons and Dragons at school with students. Ah, an amazing yet family-friendly podcast that is now part of the Block Party Podcast Network? Seems pretty niche, right? Well, Josh, non-teacher listeners might learn some educator jargon like Marzano or learning targets, but as professional teachers, the goal of our podcast is to make D&D accessible, understandable, and fun for teacher DMs, new players, and new DMs. And there are some topics in there that seasoned players would like as well, such as wacky homebrewed items and holiday-themed plot hooks. Is it funny? If you consider dad jokes, ponies with training unicorn horns, and homebrewed potions that turn you into Stefan or Kel from Family Matters as jokes, then yes. Oh, and voices, Matt. Are there character voices? Josh, you know you do the voices. Well, man, I totally do. We got, like, so many characters here. We got we got everything from, like, goblins to orcs to old smelly That sounds elves, great, man. Josh. That sounds great. Anyway, join us every Monday for a brand new lesson. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. Now, Josh, can we end this promo and go play some Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, Matt. Class is dismissed. Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all of the people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joltmaniac. And I'm your other host, DM Mitch. And today we are going to be talking about the homunculus and the homunculi. One, two, who knows how many we'll be talking about. And we have an amazing guest who is Sydney Shields from Encounter Roleplay. And this is an amazing episode where we might have too much fun. This was one of my favorite episodes to record recently. It, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun coming up. But before we get into that episode, we do have, of course, some five-star reviews. And our first one is going to come from DM Prinny, and they entitled it, treasure trove of inspiration i'm only at episode 12 but i freaking love this podcast you can tell they thoroughly enjoy playing and discussing DD, and it is already proven to be a valuable source of inspiration for my sessions short and sweet and i love that we are inspiring you dm printy our next one comes from liberty bro and is entitled critical training wheels for this level one dm currently on episode 75 and working my way through been listening since July 2017 when my friends and I tried role-playing games and D&D for the first time ever. This podcast has aided me in some amazing creation. From world-building to traps to divine interventions, the DMs of this podcast know exactly how to help DMs of old and new make their games as amazing as possible. Two of my seven players... Yes, I have a large party, were veterans and have told me that I am the best DM they have ever had. And I give most of that credit to these guys and some partial credit to Matthew Mercer and the (laughs) players of Critical Role. 11 out of 10, can't recommend this podcast enough. Wow, that was an amazing review. Thank you, Liberty Bro. Super encouraging 
to be mentioned in the same paragraph as Matthew Mercer. Yeah, you know, only like 100,000 people watch him. For our last one, it's from DM Clint, who entitled it The Pods for DMs. I'm only three. See, and right here I stopped because I thought they were a three-year-old, but luckily for everyone, I'm only three in. (laughs) Really literate. (laughs) Yes. I'm only three in and I'm enjoying it. It's refreshing to hear people's take on similar issues, not from my playgroup. Keep it up while I'm catching up. And hopefully you are catching up soon so you can hear this awesome shout out to your review. And with that, without any further ado, let's head to this week's meet. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flat meat back on the menu, boys. So today on the meat, we are going to be talking about the homunculus, the homunculi. I'm not sure how many times we'll mix those up, but we have a very special guest with us. Really, it's the only reason we originally invited Will from Encounter Roleplay was to get to Sydney Shields, a.k.a. Sidneyak, <laughs> who is the DM of the WonderQuest actual play podcast, and Ari on the Turncloaks actual play podcast, and who do you play on Learn by Play on the official D&D Twitch stream? I play Farron Hulling, she's an arcane archer. Yes. So th- thank you, Sid, for coming on and getting ready to <laughs> talk about homunculus yeah welcome yeah i'm i'm really excited i've i've done my homework um and i'm ready i'm excited i learned a lot (laughs) in the preparation for this about this monster i feel like i've been exposed to something but like in a good way so you are the dm for the actual play podcast wanderquest can you tell us a little bit about wanderquest uh, yeah, so WonderQuest is, um, like you said, an actual play, a 5th edition podcast set in a homebrew world that I made, pulling multiple all-nighters, getting too deep into it. <laughs> it features an all-female cast, and they're sort of all um, bonded together through some some sort of tragic loss, and they're all sort of on this quest to reunite their family or avenge someone or, or something like that. They all had a very similar tragic loss style backstory and it's all sort of coming together and coming to fruition that they're all super connected and it's super twisty and and fun you've you've got me at lost like i uh (laughs) i'm a huge fan of that show so (laughs) i'm ready to dive in (laughs) yeah yeah well and it's not that hard because they're 14 probably by the time this comes out 15 or so episodes so you can definitely jump in and catch up yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have too many out now. It's still relatively new, and I gotta upload one uh, after this because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so I gotta do that later. <laughs> I saw the rage on Twitter. So, where's my water quest? <laughs> You've ruined my commute. <laughs> I know. I know. So now's the time to jump on while there's uh while there's not a tower of episodes like a lot of actual plays out there that's just looming over you. Yeah, and we usually cap them around like 45 minutes to an hour, so they're not uh, too like daunting to listen to. But you might cry. A lot of people cry. That's what I've heard. It's true. Especially <laughs> the super sad uh, backstories. I wish I felt worse about it. <laughs> awesome. So the other question we have, is there anything else that you've been working on lately that you wanted to talk about? So right now I'm sort of working on my own things, a little bit separate from... D&D itself. I'm working on my own YouTube channel and uh, fun things like that that more focus on comedy and stuff. But I'm also 
coming up with some ideas for the Encounter Roleplay YouTube channel. I guess more focusing on YouTube because we don't really use it. Uh, we just upload VODs to it. So we thought it would be a fun thing if I could prioritize that and come up with some different like sketches and skits and advice things. So hopefully that'll be coming out uh, pretty soon as well. Awesome. I won't ask more. I want to, but I will. will I'll just patiently <laughs> wait. I've seen your uh, your pictures. I think you were you and the crew were dressed up as your characters from WanderQuest or Turncloaks. I'm not yes. sure. Yeah, it was Turncloaks. Now I'm just hoping that uh, that becomes a YouTube series that you make. So many people have asked me to like cosplay as Ari, my character, and do like makeup tutorials <laughs> as her. <laughs> so maybe I'll maybe I'll do that maybe as well. I'll add that to the list. But one of the videos I really want to do is like statting my ex boyfriends in D anD D. That'd be so funny. That's amazing. I would watch that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds very Scott Pilgrimish. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I also love the idea of making that a series and inviting guests on to do yes. this. Someone else be my ex boyfriend. Oh <laughs> my god. Any more ex boyfriends? Oh no no. They get to come do. They get to come do theirs, and you that help. Sounds I could do that. Like YouTube gold right okay. there. <laughs> All right, Sydney. We have one more question for you. This is a surprise question. You didn't. You knew that a surprise question was coming. You didn't know what this question was. Uh, so this question comes from one of our Patreon dragons, DM Exectium. He asks you, if you could introduce a seventh ability score to your homebrew world, what would it be and why? I mean, I feel like sanity would be fun because that's what they do in Call of Cthulhu, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's super fun to like make people, make people go insane and like role play that out. Yes, sanity would be a great thing to add. I I have played a campaign once where I added sanity in for like, not for the whole campaign, but for a short amount of time, my characters were descending into the depths of the underworld and they had a a certain amount of sanity and they started to lose it. And by the end, they had almost all gone insane. Sanity is a fun thing to play with. Yeah, well, see, I I think it's really fun uh, because I I really like focusing more on role play and not focusing so much on numbers and things like that because I hate math and I like acting. (laughs) So I I like the fact that you can like role play the the madness parts. Maybe we call it madness. Yes, um, I like it. Like your your like levels of like different levels of madness. What's your madness score? That so could be it, very fun. if it's called madness and you have an eighteen, does that mean you're completely insane? And if you have a one, yeah. <laughs> you're like you're fine. You're totally normal. <laughs> you're like your name is Joe. You work in accounting and you have a beautiful wife and kids. <laughs> so that's who you. Are. No 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 no! Don't do that in D. Oh, yeah, don't, not, don't have a family. Not, in not with most not with most DMs out there. Yeah. But, like, you also don't have a tragic backstory. Everyone is fine. Yes. <laughs> Nothing bad has ever happened to you. You drive a Prius, and you live a relatively healthy lifestyle with one cheat day a week. <laughs> That's what you do. I love Joe from accounting. <laughs> Me too. All right. So today, like we said, we're talking about the homunculus, or in the plural, as Neil said, the homunculi, uh, a very small human or humanoid creature. There is a lot of lore surrounding the homunculus, which I think we should state right off the bat, as this is a family-friendly podcast, we're not going to talk about all the lore <laughs> because all the lore, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not family-friendly. <laughs> I like to say it's naughty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this may be the reason why... When you open up the D&D Monster Manual for 5th Edition, 
the amount of lore we get is super minuscule. 90% yeah. of the page is taken over by the picture of the very cool looking homunculus, but we get very little. Mm-hmm. But so let's let's talk about what is a homunculus. Let's talk about like the lore from D&D, the lore that we can go into from the real world yeah. and real world <laughs> folklore and other areas in media and such that we may see a homunculus. What is a homunculus? Well, what I wrote down for um, the, the simple definition, my grasp of it is it's like, have you seen Rick and Morty? Oh, yes. <gasps> okay, it's the, like a Okay, this podcast is gold of, from now on. Good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a combination of a Meeseeks and Dobby from Harry Potter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> where it can only do, like, simple tasks. <laughs> but it's like your little servant that looks like a gremlin. That's so true. It's so, and, like, and like uh, a house so elf, good. it would, it like, it wants to serve you, like, and Do- Dobby, yeah. Dobby, of course, wants to be free. The homunculus, from what I've read, it, it never wants to be free. It's like it is yeah, your like servant it is willingly. Glued like, to you. Yeah. It's a little less bad than house elves because this is not enslavement of a real living creature. This is like something created from clay yeah. and alchemy. And that's like part of it, too, is you create these creatures yeah. from all these different, some very weird ingredients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that description, I'm ready to pack it up. They, we can't. It. We can't top the Dobby Meesey. I, I, well, because like I was reading that they <laughs> they can't do like you know super complex things. They're mm-hmm. just sort of like extensions of uh, some of your thoughts because they're telepathically connected to you. So they're not able to tackle these big things. Like in that episode, where they couldn't take the strokes off of Jerry's golf swing. <laughs> <laughs> like they like a Moculus would not be able to do that. But you know, at least they try. <laughs> well, they're even more limited in in their size because they're they're tiny little creatures. Yeah. So like, yeah, they could maybe pick up the golf ball and bring it over to him. They're not going to be able to pull off square the, shoulders. The, it's all in the hips and showing him like they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, and and they yeah. also are limited because at least the D and D homunculus uh, it says that it understands the language of its creator, but it can't speak. So you're not even going to yeah. be able to say it's all in the hips. <laughs> Maybe wiggle your tush <laughs> a little bit as a homunculus, but that's it. <laughs> oh, how cute. That's, yeah, and I mean, in some ways it almost seems, or it made me think of, like, a familiar that I intentionally made. Hmm. Like, I didn't go get a cat. Yes. I didn't yeah. go get a cat. I made a homunculi, or a homunculus. If I made two, which I can't, because it sounds like that will immediately kill the first one. Uh, so don't make a second one. I think what it says is that if you try to create more homunculus, those attempts always fail. So you have this like one homunculus that you created. And I assume if you're trying to create it, you either want more servants or you're not happy with your first one. And that first one is just sitting there with its arms crossed as you like try to create and it never comes to life or it comes to life and it's like deformed and it doesn't do what you want. Like... It actually can't understand the language that you think. <laughs> Why can I like already feel myself getting irrationally attached to one of these? Like because as look a, at, as a child. Look it, at how cute that thing is. It is pretty cute looking. It's like it's got this weird mix of it's kind of creepy but cute looking at the same time. Yeah. Again, like Dobby, like a house elf. That's yeah. that's what yeah, it is. you're right. I think I think it needs to be stated here the power level of these things. I think we've already said it's limited, but just to get to how 
powerless really this thing is, it's a challenge rating of zero. If you go out and you <laughs> kill a bunch of homunculuses, it's going to take you a long time to get even to level one. Yeah. This thing is not going to be good at defending or attacking for you. But what it does state is that, like you said, Sid, it has the shared mind. It is 100% your service. It's in. It shares your mind so it knows even even at great distances. It like acts like you would act. It would want what you would want. Yeah. It will do your bidding no matter what. And yeah, it can be a great messenger, even though it can't, it can't speak. <laughs> yeah. It can bring stuff to places. <laughs> it's a great servant for a wizard. But they can, they can like bite and stuff. Like they're like little mosquitoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And in fifth edition, they also still have poison. So yeah. that's how you get it. That's how you get around low damage. Just make them murder through poison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to do with my children. <laughs> <laughs> murder go go get them i, I feel so. like i should clarify I, I i don't i don't have children that was just a, that was just a joke you don't I want to clarify that you you murder with your there children. we go <laughs> but i want to clarify that one day i will use them to kill people i don't have them yet that's that's the stipulation there one of the things that i found super interesting and uh like we've previously stated we can't go into everything with this but the lore the outside lore around DD, i mean the inside lore too uh states in the creation so in DD, it states that a homunculus is created by a mixture of clay ash mandrake root and blood so it kind of and then it says and one must channel a rare ritual of magic to create this faithful creature so it the DD monster manual is kind of giving you like this blueprint of for you as a dm out there to be like here are the things that you can kind of put out there to a wizard in your party to a sorcerer and say oh you want a homunculus these are the things you need and then all you have on your hands is like either to create what that ritual it is or or to say to the player like you create what that ritual is but then you go outside of the D&D lore and there is like so much information about how do you create a homunculus some of it very weird but like i found this one article describing the ingredients of a homunculus and it was like super interesting first of all you have to yield one part blasphemy like how do you do that that's a but then you get things like you have sunstone a mystical uh, elixir you have animal blood you have a full cow in one of them, <laughs> sulfur, magnets, it, it, the list goes on and there's different ways to prep it through the use of alchemy. But then there's like instructions on once it's created in this small jar, you have to keep it in this jar for at least three days and yeah. then you feed it animal blood. There's like this long list of process for this. There's some deep lore here for the creation of a homunculus. It goes back really, really far, too. Yeah, I want to say even, what's the earliest? I mean, because the the key is also that homunculus is Latin. That immediately means it's old (laughs) for little man. The other theory is that the idea and the lore of the homunculus, yeah, that the homunculus was actually like possibly some of the motivations for Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Like that idea and you know, because that is all about the ritual and getting all these pieces and the parts and making everything exactly the right way. I mean, now, granted, Igor looks more like a homunculus than <laughs> Frankenstein, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, but 
you know. And acts yeah, more like one, too. Yes. <laughs> Master. I can't get more than 1,500 feet away from you. <laughs> it seems like it's like the, the creation of it. Not not so much in D&D lore, but all the other lore. It, it all has to do with... It's like the putrefication of creating a human. <laughs> and it's like a similar concept, but you have to do all this other messed up stuff, this other blasphemous stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of how that carries over across all the different lore. It, it might be a different ritual or it might be different ingredients, but it's sort of the same weird twisted concept. It's still stuck on the idea that like you just get into an, like, an alchemical situation you know, and everyone's like, oh, cool. Look at all these potions. And like, oh, I'll try that. What is this? It's just betrayal in a bottle. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I drank the whole thing of betrayal. <laughs> Don't open that box. It has blasphemy in it. <laughs> yeah, just having these weird ingredients. That, to me, as a DM, having your players walk into this, like, <laughs> this sorcerer, this alchemist's home and just seeing all these strange things lining the shelves and seeing like this creature flying around that looks both cute and disgusting at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a great place to bring your players. <laughs> I just feel like I connect with it on that level. <laughs> you want a homunculus now, let's be honest. Yeah. You want a D&D homunculus, though, I'm yes. sure. Because <laughs> yes, the homunculus that we see from, like, outside of D&D lore, not only is its creation much stranger, I mean, like Neil said, it's described as, quote-unquote, a little man. One description I found, I feel like these three words just don't sound right together, uh, but it just says, not quite human, but it's like, it literally is this tiny man and it just sounds so much creepier. And I also suggest that nobody, and I know when I say this, most of our listeners are going to do this, but don't go to Google Images and search homunculus because you're not going to no, have a good time. No, don't, don't do it. I did that. And then I <laughs> wished that I did not do that. Yes. We did the research for you. so <laughs> It was very creepy. Like I said at the beginning, I felt like I had been uh, exposed to something new. <laughs> So now that we've kind of gotten the lore out of the way, we want to talk about bringing the homunculi into our homebrew worlds. And how would we go about that? Kind of some ideas. I know we've kind of hinted around what's bouncing around in our brains and of the terrifying things that are there now, but just like some ideas on how to bring those into your world. For me, one of the things that I've been really caught up with and it's it ties a lot into the campaign that I'm running currently, but I've been making a lot of homebrew creatures for D&D, I really have an interest now to make a series of homunculus, different kinds, different maybe power levels, different abilities, and from there, really getting deep into this whole, what do you need to do to create the homunculus? I think for any DM out there who's like interested in the homunculus, that's a, an amazing door for lore in your world that you can open up how do you make these homunculus is there only one way is there different ways do the different ways yield different homunculi you know all these alchemy ways what kind of ingredients do you put in do you do you get like real world ingredients but then you like in the lore that we've been talking about also you need blasphemy also you need <laughs> you need like you know you could have seven different types of homunculus each that are coupled with the seven deadly sins, something along those lines. Whoa. Like there's so many amazing 
options for creating homunculi in a homebrew world. So I wasn't sure if you meant like in general bringing it into a homebrew world or like if we have one specifically, what would we do? So I wrote about mine specifically because yes. I'm selfish. Awesome. <laughs> um, but um, the world that WonderQuest is set in is called Kara. It, I mean, it's like a standard high fantasy world, but I guess what makes it special is that it was once like three separate kingdoms that are sort of close together, but separate continents. And they were all failing economically and then had to sort of join together in this world trade in order to keep themselves functioning. And so a lot of what the world is focuses on the economy and focuses on like where people buy what and where people go to get different things. And so like if I was going to bring it into mine, I would probably make it so um, the creation of it was very secretive. So it was very marketable, like something that people could use to sell to different things and people could create different versions of it. But it was something that people really didn't know how to make themselves and you would have to go somewhere and like hmm. pay a lot of money for it. And like, so maybe you could get like a shell of it and then add your own blood. And that's how it became your own and became connected to you. But um, I would want to make money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because that's, I mean, very similar to my idea was like, I could almost see like a, like a vendor, you know, and like you're saying, yeah. like, well, oh yeah, come over here, come over here. Ah, uh, you need a homunculi. You need a homunculi. Just <laughs> creepy yeah. Oprah over here trying to give everyone a homunculi. <laughs> <laughs> creepy Oprah. <laughs> the oh but gosh. just the but the idea of also maybe doing that for all of your players, and then they can all make it because all of them are an extension of whoever originally creates it. That's why you have the blood being the reason. Like it's created. And I like the idea of just kind of having all players have that and that they're all different and maybe spending a little extra time adjusting the stats to be what your player wants it to be, to have their you know, own, own specialized homunculus. Yeah. Kind of thing. Neil, I love the idea of that, that vendor, like having you go into like his secret shop and he has like shelves of like, he's already created these homunculus out of, what he has to create them like clay and stuff. So you say like, you see their bodies, but these bodies will not be brought to life until certain ingredients are added and rituals are performed, but you can go around and you can pick the homunculus that you want. And depending on your home world (laughs) and yeah. And depending on your home world, there's small ones, there's medium ones, perhaps (laughs) maybe there's even, you know, one, I, I never thought that I'd be the one to bring up a anime on, this podcast but full metal alchemist has homunculus that are yeah way more powerful than what we're discussing here and they are full speaking full thinking human size some able to morph and become dragon size even i think that would take a little bit stronger of a ritual than clay ash mandrake root and blood Yeah, like it's it's been modified so you can create these different strains and breeds of it and something like that. You you could be a breeder, a homunculi <laughs> breeder. I guess maybe I've been spending too much time with Will, so I'm thinking about like evil things. But like, imagine <laughs> if someone like made a bunch of these, um, and people weren't so sure what they were, so they made them all connected to them themselves, and they've like dispatched their little army, oh. and everyone had this sort of like telepathic weird creature that was controlled by someone else in their house (laughs) and it would like you know come come to life at night and like do weird stuff oh gosh 
Like he just sells them as toys, but like, oh man. Oh, they're all like the the nanny cams. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made me think of the genomes from Young Justice. You know, where essentially when Superboy first comes out, he has one on his shoulder. And essentially anytime he kind of gets out of line, that telepathic connection is used to like put him back in check. But then they're mm-hmm. all connected back to the rest of them. And yeah, oh, what a crazy network. Yeah, you do spend too much time with Will. Look what you've done. <laughs> but wouldn't it be cool? Oh, yeah. The The other idea I thought was, you know, we've all kind of talked about the level advancement, but I like that baked into the idea is that you wouldn't really lose anything. So using the idea of using the original homunculus to create a new version, because you know, it only knows everything you know and everything it learns, you know. So like you don't, you know, you don't have that like, oh, no, I killed it. It's well, was it really there? And then, yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> Asking the real question. <laughs> yeah. But then like using the original one to create like a new one and maybe there's some like core oh piece gosh. after it's created, like you know, that blood turns into some item that you could then use and move to like d- different homunculus bodies. That reminds me of this Magic the Gathering card art that there is a, a depiction of a homunculi. And he's got like this big, like it's all, he almost looks like a creepy minion from Despicable Me. And he's creating Mm -hmm. like uh, another homunculus. And I wonder, like you could have two options here. They do that because you command them to, or if you want to kind of stray a little bit from the homunculus is a full on servant will do exactly what you like tell it to do and give it a little bit of free will. Like I imagine you create one homunculus. You're like, all right, homunculus, welcome to the world. I'm going to bed. You come back the next morning and you're like, your office quote unquote is full of <laughs> homunculus. Like you open the door and it's like bats flying out of a cave. Just like, yeah. Shh, and then they're loose they're like in the guinea world. Guinea pigs. When you thought one was, you thought they were both girls, but they weren't. And then the <laughs> oh, next day, there's so many. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's also why 3D printers shouldn't be able to print 3D printers. Uh, same thing. <laughs> it's too meta. Yeah. I think something that we need to discuss is, you know, we keep on talk. We've talked a lot about how to create a homunculus. And one thing keeps coming back up. We, we keep on bringing up blood. We keep on bringing up sins and blasphemy and things like that. Yeah. Uh, we talk mm-hmm. about secretive creation. Like you go to, you have to, you know, have the right connections to find that vendor because he's not just going to be out on like main street selling these homunculus. Yeah. And I think it comes down to the fact that there's like a, there's an immoralness to creating these homunculi. And I think you can absolutely change that in your homebrew world and say, well, you don't need blood. You don't need to slay something. You don't need to add blasphemy. Like you can create good homunculi. Maybe there's good and bad homunculi, but I think, if you're creating homunculus and the process of it for your homebrew world, I think you want to hammer down, like, is this something that would be severely frowned upon and illegal? Or is it mm-hmm. like there are ways that you can create a homunculus that are frowned upon and illegal? Like, is this something that yeah. is is totally immoral? Didn't it, like, take your alignment, like the alignment of whoever? Yes. That would make yeah, sense, yeah. So, like, so they can be, like, super nice and cute, even if you do make them with blood and blasphemy. However you want, you know, it's, it's all good. (laughs) That's true. That's true. 
what pushes that good character to make a homunculus, even though it's an yeah. evil act? And that's an interesting yeah. story there. Ooh. And I also like the idea of like, I keep going back to you know, the blasphemy as like a, like a component. And then that's the thing you can change to make a different homunculi or like different set of homunculi. Like add in a dash of self-fulfillment. And now you have <laughs> someone who's really wants to help you. Yeah. <laughs> Take, help you reduce your, the number of golf swings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, that, that's the interchangeable in- ingredient. And the other things are like d- dependent variables that you, sometimes you can put good things in them like flowers and sunshine. And other times you put <laughs> literal blasphemy. <laughs> Depends on your mood. So creepy. So for me, essentially, this sounds like we're making Care Bear versions of the homunculi now, and it makes me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I made them cute. (laughs) They were already kind of cute. Let's be honest with each other. I just loved them. All right, here's, here's one of my questions for, and I think that this is something I'd like to hear what you guys think. But I'd also love to hear like what the DMs out there listening like would do with their own homebrew worlds. But all right, so we talked about like all these ingredients that you have to use to make a homunculus. What happens if you, like you're baking a cake, accidentally put in salt rather than sugar, or you forget an ingredient, and then you conduct the magic ritual? Oh. Does it just not create a homunculus, or does something different happen? Does something far worse happen? Oh, something bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. something bad has to happen. You make some sort of like mind parasite. So instead of something that has a Oof. telepathic connection, it's something that's like, oh. you know, embedded in you. And now your alignment has changed and you have completely different morals and motives. Oh, I love it. Its plan is to take you over and become Ooh. your master. Yeah, instead of being your servant. Oh, and this. Ooh. OK, and this is something that I think is an assumption on my part, but then given that this is an advice podcast, I don't want to make that assumption. And I will say, if that's a choice you make, that's a conversation you have only with that player, not at your table. Because then you can have that be so much more. And it's also a good way to see if that's something that the player would be okay with. Yeah. You don't want to arbitrarily make that choice and then find out that the person is really against it. But you could find out on, on the back end of things that they think that this is wonderful and they're very interested. And then you two now are the only people that know that this is happening. And that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You could also have that player open that door. That player might say, you know what? This thing, this ingredient's too hard to find. This is close enough. I'm going to try this. Like, <laughs> and, then, and then I'd say, you have full reign to <laughs> decide what wacky things happen. Yeah. Because I love plotting with players and things like that. But I, I like to make sure that they're still like... Like having a good time and you're not yes. doing anything that totally ruins like everything they envisioned. Yeah, you you work to find all these ingredients for six months real time of this campaign. And now <laughs> I'm going to turn this homunculus against you. Yeah. <laughs> Without like surprise. I hope you yeah. like this. I think the the last thing that I want to like mention about homunculus in, in the homebrew world uh, is I can't separate from my mind. It keeps coming back. Uh, the Horcruxes in Harry Potter and Mm -hmm. like you have to like literally take a part of your soul and for a creature that has a telepathic bond to you a shared mind I like that idea of like you have to lose a little bit of your soul every time you create a homunculus 
Like you're yeah. putting a little bit into this thing. And what happens to you as a person, the more you do this, the more that your homunculus get destroyed. Well, maybe that's how you make it more powerful. It's not necessarily changing those Ooh. different ingredients, but you have to put more of yourself soul? into it. How much soul, how much blood, what body part, like, you know, something like that. How much of you has to go into the creation of this to make it as strong as you want. And then on death's doorstep, when you're about to die, can you take the rest of your soul and put it into a homunculus and live oh my God, on? And you live forever? I hope so, so interesting. <laughs> but you're going to live forever as a squirrel-sized creature. You can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I guess like what are you what are you te- telepathically bonded to when you're if if the yeah. if the homunculus somehow takes the rest of your life force and you're dead, where does it go? That's some homebrew questions. I and I guess it has to be stated that it, it the D&D monster manual does say that when the wizard dies, the homunculus also dies. So, yeah, this and that's not to say you can't do this, but think about the reasoning and what happens and all. Yeah. Like these questions we're asking are things to ask yourself in this instance. Yeah. We're trying to be spicy here. We're just spicing things up. You can follow <laughs> the rules if you want to, but whatever. <laughs> so, do we to wrap up? Do we have any specific ideas for adventure hooks? Ideas for DMs out there to uh, have as a cool either a campaign or like an awesome like side adventure that involve homunculus. See, now I really want to make a one shot or module or something where someone, something, sort of like the pastry lady of Purse of Strahd, like where someone is like breeding these homunculi and somehow they've figured out a way to make more than one that's connected to them and they're selling them as toys or they're selling them as your own humble servants that you don't have to talk to or something like that. And it turns out that they're like creating and dispatching this huge army that's eventually going to, you know, do some mutiny against everyone that's bought them and take over the world. That's what I want to do now. So, I mean... Like you had mentioned, Mitch, there's not a lot of information in the monster manual. So I think there's a lot to branch off of or interpret your own way. Because so for me, it says a, a master can only have one homunculus at a time. It doesn't seem to imply that the master need be a spellcaster. But the idea I thought of was what if it's an evil cleric? So then they're able to essentially use more of their blood more quickly because then they're just going to heal themselves. Oh. And so then they're just essentially just funneling out a lot more blood to make them. Yeah. And then, yes, I love the idea of the, these tiny, terrifying creatures just taking over a, like a vast area. And then, like you said, they know everything that's going on everywhere at the same time. Yeah. And, that's, that's and all that information terrifying. is able to like feed back. Mm-hmm. Oh. And now I need now to I create the homebrew monster swarm of homunculi. That's exactly what I was that's thinking. That's what I imagine coming swarm. at you. I'm going to call it a swarm. Yes. <laughs> Homunculi with swarm stats. That sounds amazing. Well, I can also like envision the box text of, you know, because they're of what they're made from, almost sounding like grating stone. And you're like, well, what in the world could that? And like just around the corner comes just this wall of homunculi just flying towards you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the birds, but. <laughs> you're, one of them turns the corner. And it, and you're like, oh, that thing's kind of cute. And then all of a sudden, a <laughs> hundred, and you're like, no, never mind. 
and it, uh, it it lets out a screech and points a tiny finger at you, and that's oh when the gosh. rest of them come out. Like you got the one little one leading the other ones. Yeah, and that's where you wrap up the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think one of the most obvious, and I feel like we've actually even stated this already, but one of the most obvious adventure hooks, like things that you can do as a DM is either give your players like a list, like they find a list of ingredients, but somehow you set them on some kind of side quest or the player that is the sorcerer or cleric or whatever you want to be able to create a homunculus, like that their side quest while they're playing the main story is to also retrieve these these ingredients so that they can create a homunculus. That to me seems like one of the most obvious things you can do as a DM. Yeah. There are different directions you can go where it's like, are, are your players or the PCs the ones creating it or are they the ones looking mm-hmm. for it? Like, do they know how or is it something that only one person knows how and they need to go get it? It's like, you kind of have to decide who has the knowledge of how to make it. Is it your PCs or is it some other being somewhere? Oh, yeah. You could have it be an NPC that gives them this list of ingredients like, hey, can you go grocery shopping for me, basically, <laughs> but doesn't tell you what they're making and then you yeah. bring them back the ingredients. Well, and I mean, doing like a longer, like you said, one shot or campaign off the idea of someone else, like the more subtle version where you go to a town and everyone seems to have one, but there's always something that's off about that whole situation. And then you're, you, know, you are figuring out that it's because someone is telepathically controlling the entire town by giving everyone um, their own homunculus could be another really interesting one of the things that I would want to do is, I think in my homebrew world, I would nix, uh, at least, I would I would at least create homunculus who would nix this, uh, if I had a series of them. But I would want homunculus that could talk, that shared the mind of their creator, that shared the will of their creator, but they talked, so that you could have this awesome role-playing experience where you're, yeah. you're role-playing this homunculus, ah, oh, master, like, you, you get yeah, the weird exactly. voice going on, you can have this communication with them i feel like that just is so much better than like this creature that doesn't talk although i guess me saying that one of my favorite npcs of all time was stomp the goblin king and he didn't talk but but regardless i would want to make them be able to talk and i would want to have the player if the player had homunculus i would want them to also role play that homunculus because they know who their character is better than i do and i would love to have like a whole party that had homunculi and have their homunculus be separated from the group on their own little side quest and have them role play their homunculi the entire night. I think that would be amazingly fun. And so you could be at a high level of 18 and all of a sudden, all right, next time we're going to have a whole night where we are playing as our challenge rating zero homunculi. That would be hilarious. I love that's, that. <laughs> that's so good because I imagine you get to the table and then you're like, okay, give me your character sheets. Yes. And then you just hand back character sheets for each of their oh, homunculi. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, so you guys wake up and none of your characters are there. <laughs> okay, let's go. And I imagine you handing these character sheets. And I mean, homunculus have to have weird names, right? Like you pass yeah. in the character <laughs> sheet. And, like, now they're looking at their character sheet that says Dimpleweed, and they're like, oh, gosh, I'm Dimpleweed. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, it's so cute that they name them, though, in this world. They have, like, little names for them. 
<laughs> do they? That's, and that's a question too. Do they name them, or does the homunculus come out and like they say, like, "What is your name?" And he's like, Dimpleweed. Like, okay, I'm stuck with Dimpleweed. <laughs> but I guess you could also just go. I'm gonna change it. Like, you're okay with that, right? Anything you say, master. Yeah. No, but the but the funniest thing is if it comes out and it says that that's your fault. It's like it's you in the yeah. body of a homunculus. So you, I think no, you don't get to change it. It's your fault that yeah. he's called Dimpleweed. You 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 say I'm going to change it. He says okay, but he will only answer to Dimpleweed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining one that like cannot stop like oversharing your own thoughts. Like everywhere you go, like one can't yes. stop talking, and they're like, "Oh, oh man, I, I like love you're, this." Yeah, like, like you're talking with a shopkeeper, and like you're trying to negotiate, and Dimpleweed's in the corner, just going, "We don't like you. You're, <laughs> you're ugly." Like, <laughs> he's uh, like, he's lying. We actually have fifteen gold pieces. He's lying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but master, I counted. We have more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god oh yeah just condescendingly like oh what an idiot we only paid 10 gold for that and he's about to pay 100 <laughs> as you walk away <laughs> oh gosh you got him good <laughs> there's so much great role play yeah i to me i would change that they can't talk for my home yeah. world because it just opens up such a better role-playing door in my opinion well especially with i mean people get frustrated by personality traits that are similar to their own sometimes and i think that that's another really interesting role-playing thing to go into because you essentially have something that is in a lot of ways identical to you and then how frustrating that would be to try and interact with that on a consistent basis i would hate to interact with myself you mean a a small squirrel-sized version of yourself potentially named dimpleweed (laughs) see Oh, if we're going to tell, like, anecdotes, when I was in high school, my drama club, like, we all had these, like, weird alter egos for ourselves, and mine's name was Sidness. Uh. <laughs> I feel like Sidness would be my homunculus. That would be the homunculus. And what would Sidness yeah. sound like? Sidness? Oh, Sidness has a voice already, if you want to hear it. Yes, we do. It's very, yes. It's very embarrassing. But um, her voice is kind Perfect. of like this. This is the best way this is the best way to end this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like this and she's really nervous to be here. Oh, that's but so she's good. trying so hard. Fast <laughs> like, just Go please. <laughs> oh gosh. Now I and I now I also frame everything in the idea of a failed transaction. You're like, seriously, we have 15 gold. Just pay him. I don't want to leave. Please just here. give him the money. I want to go back to my house. Sidness <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like leaving the house. Sidness <laughs> no. is an exaggerated version of me. She just wants to stay home. That's oh, so gosh. awesome. And now we figured out why you became a streamer. (laughs) Sid, I want to thank you. We want to thank you for coming on and going on this amazing journey of crazy homunculus stories. But the most important question we have for you is where can people go to find you on the internet? Um, Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's like I'm nerding out a little bit because it's been like a really long term goal for to be on this. And I was like, (laughs) it's happening. (laughs) So um, thank you so much for having me on. Um, And you can find me pretty much everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all of those things at Sydneyak. 
uh, S-Y-D-N-I-A-C, and I'm on the Wizards of the Coast D&D channel on Twitch every Saturday. You can find my podcast, WonderQuest, at WonderQuestPod on Twitter, and you can find the other one, Turncloaks, at TurncloaksPod on Twitter. And you should. You should go find You should go find both you of them. You should go find Go have a good cry. <laughs> yeah, they, well, they are not the same. Uh, they <laughs> no, are they're totally, not the same. Go have a good cry different. with WonderQuest. Yeah. You'll cry about turn cloaks too, but it's more because <laughs> you're scared. a different kind of crying. It's more because you're <laughs> scared and uncomfortable and you don't yes. know what else to do. <laughs> At this time, we will definitely want to have you back on the Dungeon Master's Block so yes. you can uh, say goodbye to the listeners. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. And with that, we're going to head over to the mailbag of holding. But they've been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? Welcome back to another segment of the mailbag of holding, the place where we come to talk about ideas, stories, and questions from you, the listener. I'm DM Mitch, and today I am checking out an email from DM Joe. DM Joe writes in, to say, I'm a massive fan of Dark Souls, the video games, and now a massive fan of D&D 2. And I've wondered what would happen if a D&D game were set in a Dark Souls universe. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, so first of all, DM Joe, me too. Dark Souls is so far up there as one of my favorite video game series of all time. I know that it can be frustrating and that's why some players don't enjoy it, but that challenge that's set forth by the game to me is amazing. Beyond the challenge, the setting is beautiful, although dark and gritty and just so full of lore, even though if you know the games, you know what I mean by the fact that you need to dig deep to get at that lore. A game set in the Dark Souls universe. Here are some ideas. First of all, this is something definitely I've thought of before. It's something I would love to explore, maybe on a future episode, as a special episode. But there are some thoughts I have with Dark Souls as a RPG. First, it has to be challenging. Just like the game, I would want the RPG to be a challenging one. That means that enemies have to be difficult. Now, here's some awesome news. If you go and do a simple Google search for Dark Souls D&D, there are some amazing people out there who have already put together some homebrew monsters that are the Dark Souls monsters, and they're out there for 5th edition. There are monsters like the Bell Tower Gargoyles, the Prowling Demons, or otherwise known as the Titanite Demons. There are Silver Knights. It's fantastic. Now, to go a step further, if you're all about the minis, there is a Dark Souls board game with beautifully done minis that are the same size as D&D minis. You could easily use them in a Dark Souls game. Go and check that out. The board game is phenomenal, but it's worth it just for those beautiful minis. Now, I think if you have D&D players who love Dark Souls, this is something that you could totally do, even as a one-shot, to run an RPG where you... You are hollowed soldiers who are a part of the Dark Souls universe and set forth on some quest, which of course there has to be enemies and some mini bosses and some mega bosses along the way. 
This can also be a fantastic way to, if you're going to run a game like this, pull in maybe some video game friends who haven't given D&D a try. Hey, we're going to try a Dark Souls D&D session. Are you interested in that? Guaranteed, that is a stepping stone for them to get them into this great hobby of Dungeons & Dragons. Those are just some initial thoughts. I could talk so much about Dark Souls. Maybe I will in a future episode like I've hinted at. But until then, thank you so much for this great idea and this question, DM Joe. And if you have started this awesome game of Dark Souls and D&D, please write back into us and let us know how it's going. Well, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Dungeon Masters block and the meat focusing on homunculus it was super fun to talk with sid and come up with all these amazing ideas and and now like i i said it in the episode but i really am totally excited to go and make a couple homebrew monsters that are homunculus like different types of homunculus and maybe i'll post some of those onto the patreon there we go yeah and i also love the idea of like i don't know how i could make an npc with one i have to like it, it is something yeah. that will happen. Absolutely. And if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how you have started using homunculi in your game, you can always email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And if you like this episode or any of the other ones and see fit, go ahead and head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, which we will read on air. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can also like our Facebook page. Both of those places, we're going to be posting updates about the show, when episodes come out, who our guests are. It's a great place to go and follow either of those or both of those if you want to know what's going on with the Dungeon Masters block. And as we do for every episode, we have a Patreon shout out. And today's Patreon shout out goes to... Jesse Lionel and Jesse That's is a silver dragon tearing up the forums and tearing up our hearts with their support thank you so much Jesse uh, for your support yes thank you the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network where you can check out other shows like the GM Showcase Geek Wars We're So Bad at Adventuring and more And that's all we have for you today on this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about, you guessed it, the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and of course, lowering the egos of all other people at the table. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering.
Goodbye.